0: we're still on the same subject we've been teaching on week 7 called the Glorious Church. That is actually not a title or a name I just made up and thought, oh, a Glorious Church. Actually, the Bible, and we looked at some verses last week, that the church is actually called the Glorious Church. We've explained one of the reasons why the church is called the Glorious Church is because we're so different than anything else that is in the world. Any other religious system, any other group, and it's made up of people who have received eternal life. And so their spirit is made new, and they've come alive spiritually with God's eternal life. That makes us totally different. That should affect the atmosphere. Uh, When we're praising God, it should affect our lives immensely, try that again. It should affect our lives immensely. If eternal life came in you, uh, you know, what would it do for you? It will change your life. And so we've been talking about the reason we reach people is because heaven is not made for people who are perfect, who keep all the rules perfect. And hell is not because people didn't keep rules not exactly perfect. Heaven is for people who have eternal life. Hell is for people who don't have eternal life. And uh, so we realize the only way to get eternal life is to get Jesus. Therefore, it becomes a huge, huge thing. That's why we want to reach people. Uh, It needs to be important to us the value of a lost soul because You know, a guy, a minister once said that one of the greatest things of ingratitude is to have been lifted out of an area yourself but then not turn around and help somebody else out of the same thing. And we've all that have received the Lord have come out and have eternal life. Gratitude for it would turn around and help somebody else get eternal life. Because eternal life will revolutionize individuals and the more individuals that are revolutionized, the more the world is revolutionized. And same thing with heaven, meaning because more people will go there and uh, less people will go to hell. Well, that's the heart of God. Are you with me? That's what God wants. And I believe deep down, every Christian wants that. So, if you will, I'm going to read from Revelation, the 19th chapter. Uh, We've looked at this verse at different times. We're going to look at something a little different here. Revelation 19, talking about the glorious church, or which is also called the bride of Christ, or, or the body of the Lord. He's the head. And we, the church, you, that have received the Lord, are his body. Revelation 19.7 says this. Let us be depressed and sorrowful. Right? You guys all reading along there? Just wanted to make sure you guys were awake. No, it said, let us be glad and rejoice. Somebody might have been going, am I reading the same verse as him? And give him glory. Why? For the marriage of the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb, we're the bride. And his wife has made herself ready. Well, eternal life makes you ready to go to heaven, but this is an event at the end of time which we are quickly approaching if you know end time prophecy. I mean, we're watching stuff happen right in front of our eyes. Uh, in, in, but you almost have to turn your head or not look at the right thing to notice. Man, we're getting closer to the end. And it says that his bride made herself ready. Well, he makes us ready to go to heaven. But notice this. It says, we have a part. And to her... It was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean, bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. It's interesting, there's a lot of negative prophecies around the second coming of the Lord and the return of the Lord. There are. There's, you know, we can look out in the world and go, wow, this that's happening in the Middle East and this that's happening here with pandemics and all this crazy stuff. You know, it said it. it said before the Lord comes back, it'll look like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long to watch our new... Uh, People in political power say, let's um, get rid of all identity of individual genders and don't call her a she or him a her or a it or whatever. I don't, it's hard to keep up. You can watch these things. I'm not trying to mock people, but he said it would look like that before he came. When, you know, if you're a student of history, has it been totally like this? It's of interest anyway. Are you with me? But he said at the same time, the body of Christ is going to mature. And mature doesn't mean you have your nose up. I'm mature. I'm better than the rest of you. No maturity of the body of Christ, and we're going to look at this, means that the church will start looking more and more, and we should all the time, But it definitely says when the end comes, there will be those who are mature, which will mean we're going to look more like what Jesus did when he was on the earth. The body will start looking more like the head. Like they belong together. You with me? And so we're going to look at this real quick. Because notice she did something and made herself ready. And he talked about these righteous acts. And we're going to look at that. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. And we're going to look here in the 13th verse. And this is actually later on in this book is where we've looked at the scripture that talks about the glorious church. That, that very, very wording. But notice this in verse 13. It says, until we come, Ephesians four thirteen. until we come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect, that word there is a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's talking about the church growing, maturing, And coming to the stature or the image of Christ. The church has the potential to look like Him here on the earth. In in His love walk. In His obedience to God. In His faith. In His authority. All of it. In the profound relationship He had with the Father. So, But He says the church will come to this. Now, understand the church is made up of lots of parts. That doesn't mean every single member will be mature. Because even if you win somebody to the Lord the day before the Lord's second coming or the morning of, could you imagine if you were the one who led the last person to the Lord and you said, you know, hey, you need to give your life to Jesus. The end is near. A- and you pray to sinner's prayer and say your whole life will change. Wouldn't it be wild if you were the person to pray with somebody who said, Lord Jesus, come into my life and your life's going to change. And they pray that prayer. And the minute they pray it, the Lord comes back. They go, "Whoa, well, I didn't know it was going to be like this. You're like, it normally isn't. <laughs> this is not normal. We've done this before and it's never happened like this. But it will at some point. But the body will mature. The body should be mature. And there are parts. But I think, you know, even persecution is, even though it's uncomfortable, often the church thrives in times of persecution and hard times. Don't, don't like that, but it is true. And so here it says, till we come to the unity of the faith... The knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect, that word is a mature man. Then he talks about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Then it talks about not being thrown around by false doctrines and things like that. But the idea here is a maturing church. And I want to talk about a maturing church has to be a maturing individual individuals have to mature. Now I believe revelation can come to the church and and different things can come to the church as a whole to help us walk in the things we should. But individuals are to mature and as the individuals mature, it has an effect on the whole, but it has an effect on the individual. So Hebrews 6, we are going to get going in it now. How to mature. Why should... I mature. This right here is a huge thing. uh, A huge thing. Why should I mature? Because we know that the body will have a measure of maturity by the time the Lord comes. And when the Lord comes back, I don't want to be a 40-year-old Christian who's a baby. And you know this, you cannot mature overnight. Anybody ever seen a kid? They don't. Some are more mature than others, but they don't mature overnight, even if they try to act it. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6, verse 1. The church and the world, you could say this, deserves to see the mature believer. They do. How many times? has an immature believer left a mark on the world and they said, well, I don't want that. I live like they do. Why do I want that? I've got what they've got. They just don't realize that that person really may have eternal life. They're just carnal. They're, they're a baby in the Lord. And babies do things that hopefully you know, that adults don't do. You know what I mean? And so they leave a mark on the world and the world looks and goes, well, I don't know about that. But then right on the other hand, when Jesus came and was matured and was in front of them, the world said, whoa. Some didn't like him. But nobody said this guy doesn't have power, that this guy doesn't walk different, that he doesn't have a relationship with God, and that something is different about him than anybody else. And they even said that about the disciples later. Well, the reason is is they had matured. They had developed. Not by what maybe people think. And so here we're going to look at this in Hebrews 6 verse 1 the whole context here is about maturing the the qualities the things it takes to mature are you with me? and there is one super fundamental thing or two things we're going to look at that are super fundamental about maturing as a Christian and you can only mature once you get saved are you ready? ready? Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ or the foundational uh, principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That word is maturity. Let us go on to maturity. We can mature, and he's going to tell you there's different things that have to be put in place in your life. You have to put them in place if you're going to mature. And here's the thing, when you're introduced to God and you have eternal life, you come to know Him personally. Remember Jesus said, this is eternal life. You'll know the Father and the Son personally. There isn't a Christian who does not, I mean, you know, somebody who not titled Christian, but who has received the Lord, who doesn't know him. The Bible said, if God doesn't deal with you, you're not his kid. In other words, we know inside, not in an audible voice, we know stuff. So every kid is dealt with. This is huge to maturity. Actually, it is the founding, one of the foundational blocks to maturity. You with me? Look at this. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary or the first principles of Christ, the things you got to get down, let us go on to maturity. In other words, let's mature. Here's what you have to do to mature. Notice, not laying the foundation, and this is the thing that it takes to start maturing. Anybody want to mature? Anyone, anyone you want to get past being tossed around uh, uh, to and fro with false doctrine or led astray and, and going off into weird things and having junk in your life that, that is a nuisance? You with me? And just not where we could be? As a matter of fact, well, we'll just keep reading. He said, let us go on to maturity not laying this foundation So, these are the things you've got to get into place to start maturing. Notice here it is repentance from dead works, repenting from dead works, and faith toward God. In other words, these things are coupled together, really, are as a believer learning to trust God. Somebody said, I trust God. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of saying they trust God. But part of trusting God is putting away dead works. How do we put away dead works? Now we're going we're gonna to read more here. But if you have more than two fingers and you have not just an app on your phone or something, turn to Galatians, the third chapter, and then we're going to turn right back And we're going to talk about getting rid of dead works. Getting rid of dead works. What does it look like? Some people think getting rid of dead works and developing in the Lord has to do with a bunch of rules. In other words, you got to keep this rule and keep this rule and keep this rule and keep this rule. rule And then if I'm keeping all the rules or the rules I see, then I'm maturing. Not true. Not true. Because our walk is based on we all know God individually. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, because I've had people say this, well, I know the Lord's wanting me to do this. And you think, I don't know, you better be careful. But there's some proofs to this. Notice this, Galatians 3, verse 3. He said, are you so foolish writing to this church? Now, we wouldn't say that to us. Having begun in the Spirit, or in other words, your spiritual life was begun with the Lord in the Spirit by trusting Him and receiving eternal life. And then they started obeying and following Him. He said, are you now being made perfect? There's that word perfect again. It just means mature. Are you being made perfect by the flesh or keeping rules? It's the law is what he was talking about. He said, are you so foolish that you started and you got eternal life in the spirit that now you think by keeping a bunch of rules, you're going to mature? Think about it. He said, you could say it like this, you're foolish to think that if you keep a bunch of laws, you're going to develop. You came in to this new life by faith and through trust. By your own rules and the rules of the law, you are not going to grow now. You with me? Now let's go back. So it's foolish to think if I just keep a bunch of rules and, well, I keep more rules than you. I keep more rules than you. I know I keep more rules than her. But does that mean I'm growing more than her? No. Maybe, maybe not. But some of these things, you know, are, are hidden to others, And you're going to see what I'm talking about here. Because we're talking about maturing. This is what we all want, whether you know it or not. Uh, To mature is a good place to go in the Lord. To stay unmoved is not a good place in the Lord. Are you with me? Notice verse 1 again, Hebrews 6. Therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to maturity, not laying again, here it is, the foundation of repenting or turning from dead works or useless acts and of our trust in God. But now we've already got it figured out that this is not, once we've entered into this new life in the Lord, it is not trying to keep a bunch of rules. But what is this turning from dead works? Well, he tells us uh, about it later on in the 12th chapter, how that God will deal with every one of his kids individually about things to put away and to stop doing. To put away and stop doing. To act on. He'll teach us things out of the word, and he may teach us to forgive. And we grow by seeing truth, or his dealings. And then it takes willpower and sacrifice to grow with the Lord. Because what I must do when the Lord deals with me about something is I have to repent. I mean, I have to change my own mind. That's what repent is. And not do this. If I choose to keep doing it, I'm not going to mature in the Lord. I'm going to... Somebody might say, well, I'll stay where I'm at. This is a huge thing because when people... And you can watch this in life. People who are dealt with by God and and it's a sad thing you don't want to see it in anybody's life and you know or they know they're supposed to do something and they choose not to do it and they really know it inside and they go I'm not going to do that I'm going to do this instead you might think well what's the harm one you don't go immature And if you'll read the chapter before, the fifth verse, or fifth chapter, let's read the 12th verse. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, means you should be further along, you need someone to teach you the first principles. Those are those elementary ones. And what was one of them? The first, repenting from dead works and you're trusting God. To repent from dead works, It is trusting God. When He deals with you, it's time to quit doing that. Somebody might say, well, you know, how come they can cuss and I can't? Well, God starts dealing with you, you put it away. When God deals with you to pray, you put something away and you go do that. Whatever it is, you exercising your will to respond to Him in your relationship You mature. But here's the problem if you don't, the lights go out. The book becomes dark. Your experience with God becomes dim. Say, how can you prove that? We're going to read it. People who have once learned to feast on the Word of God and see wonderful things, and it thrilled them, and they were excited. And walking with God was vibrant. And the things of God were vibrant. He said those things will uh, diminish and disappear. And those further revelations and further deeper truths will be gone. The light, the spiritual light will start to go out. Let's read on. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to be Need someone to teach you again. This means you were ahead and moving on and now you're backwards. And you need to be taught the first principles of the oracles or literally the elementary principles, the first truths of the sayings of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Notice why. For everyone who partakes of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He is a babe or become a babe. But solid food. This is further light and truth in the Word of God. This means when you open up the book, there's more in the book to be seen. When the book is not what it should be, it may be because there's an element of going, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put something away. Because we all know it in certain ways, like when God says, pray or read, no, I'm too busy, I can't do it. That is an opportunity to mature, to put away something and act from your will to respond to God, put away a dead work. You think it's a life work to follow something that God's saying, don't do that, let's do this? No. But then we don't do it. what it does is it closes out the light of the word. This meat he's talking about is actually the further things and the deeper things of God. The deeper ways of God. The deeper riches of a walk with God. He said you have to go back and start doing the fundamental things and he said to the point somebody has to reintroduce them to you. Because you could have gotten so far ahead and you should have been a minister by now. That's profound. That's what he said. But now, you're back in the nursery. That's where babes are. And now we got to put foundational things in. And one of the first ones is repenting from dead works. You never get away from having to respond to the dealings of the Lord. If I don't do them, then I go backwards. It's so wild because in in natural life, you don't see somebody go back physically, but you can see people make wrong decisions and it sets them back. But this is a whole other program where revelations and light and truth that is beyond uh, milk uh, seems to be just pushed aside and You can't even get it because notice it says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He's a babe, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age or matured. In other words, even though it sits there and there's greater revelation and light and stuff with the Lord to be partaken of, you can't. Because we've gone from a development stage back to a baby stage. And one of the fundamental things in this is my personal response to me and my walk with the Lord where I obey Him when He deals with me. And if I don't, and how many know, it can be a challenge at times. Because you can want something He doesn't want. For you, right? It's easy when he says, I want you to do this, and you're like, that's a good idea. It's another thing when you're like, that's not my idea. But deep down, it is what we want. Everybody okay? And these things can be the difference between going further in God, and it seems so foundational. How the mature mature and keep going is usually a, a real fundamental thing. But it's always sacrificial. That's an attitude we should all develop is, um, you know, in spiritual matters, uh, it will always be a life where there is sacrifice to mature. Always. If there's no sacrifice... There is no maturity, but you can get so in the groove of having sacrifice that you don't notice the pain, right? If you're always not overeating and you're just used to going, no, I'll put that away. I'll put that away. I'll put that away. And then somebody or somebody like me and start eating a little more and you're like, I like eating more. And then all of a sudden it's time to put it away. And you're like, why are we doing this? You know what I'm talking about? Then you got to start exercising self-control again. But there's a benefit. Well, it's spiritually, there are true things too, or it, true in these things too. And and so when he said, "This is the foundation that makes you mature," the very first thing he said is putting away useless acts or dead acts. Then that means uh, there are choices we will. All be brought to where maybe other people aren't, you know, they're just watching things, doing things, and now I know I can't do that, and I'm knowing it, and um, I want to do it. No, you deep down in your spirit, you don't. And so you're just going to have to go with the Lord, and a sign of maturity is just putting it away. And moving on and going with it with God. And what it will do is we'll start unlocking further things. It will open up the deep things of God and spiritual things. No wonder the church needs this. Because what are we going to present to the new people? Milk. But once they've got milk, they're going to want more. And we're to give them the milk and we're to give them beyond. But they're to see the beyond. They're to see what it is of a group of people drinking milk and eating meat. And what it is, is notice this, 14, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age or who have matured. Notice this group had matured and then they went backwards to baby and only needing milk. Could you imagine that they knew what it was to start eating greater truths out of the Word of God? having richer fellowship with God, uh, being led by God and doing all kinds of stuff. And they, they didn't respond to his leadings and they thought, well, what's the big deal with this? And they didn't realize it started closing out revelations. It started closing out deeper things. It started closing out different leadings. And they just said, no, no, no. And then they got back to the place where they need milk. And the only way to get back up there is to put this back into play. Notice. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age or who have matured. That is those who by reason of use or practice have their senses exercised. See that word exercise? Anybody know what exercise is? That's eating donuts. Donuts. candy. And like when you eat, you just eat anything you want to. That's exercise. How many of you know, maybe that's the definition today, but that ain't a true one. Exercise is effort. I have to put effort in when the Lord deals with me in some things. And I should get myself so geared that it's no big deal. I just do the effort even though there may be some cost because of what it opens up to me. Furtherance with God. You know, the Bible talks about how God will entrust. We, we read this a couple of weeks ago, I think, how that God, as we developed and we become meat for the Master's use, well, it's through development that He will start entrusting you with greater riches and things of the Spirit. I mean, I don't know about you, but every garden hose enjoys having the water flow through it. It gets the effect of it. Every Christian can enjoy having great things flow through them as they mature. There's more to be had that will satisfy you. Going backwards is dissatisfying to a Christian. Hallelujah. That's why some people, you wonder, whatever happened to them? And then they're not in church anymore. They're not Somewhere, they started closing out those put-away dealings. And it started closing up Scripture to them and shutting out the meat that they had been getting and the nutrients they had been getting and the revelations that they had walked in. And then it just becomes, why am I doing this? Could you imagine? We're talking about God stuff. Eternal stuff. That people become indifferent about. Real divine life stuff. But not us. Right? Exercise. Then it says discern good and evil. We'll start knowing and perceiving more and more. Your spiritual perception to how things are working and how things are operating. Discern means to to grasp and understand. As we start practicing this, that's why he goes on in the very next verse, therefore, leaving the discussion of these elementary things, let's grow further once we have this repentance from dead works and faith toward God. It's not about keeping a bunch of rules, but it is about knowing the Lord and obeying Him. Obeying Him through the Word, and then obeying Him through His dealings. Are you with me? Even Peter, when he talked about newborn babes desiring the pure milk of the Word of God, that they might grow by that Word, the very first thing he said right before is, you're going to need to get rid of some stuff. I don't know about you, but if there's more riches ahead, that's where I'm going. And I think that's where you want to go. And to have a mature body, a developed body, it's not about keeping a bunch of rules. Turn to Romans 8, and I believe we'll close right here. Romans the 8th chapter. It's not about keeping a bunch of rules, and it's not about God loving you more or less. But I don't know about you, But there is a difference between God loves me regardless and me maturing or us maturing and going on to walking in all that God has for us. Some of the truths that could set you free could be marred by the fact that we're not choosing to respond in an area we should. And the minute we know that God's dealing with me and I do that, it can open up those Scriptures and we can see them. You with me? There is a truth to that. Because he said these other meat things in these other areas get, get, get obscured when we don't follow his dealings. And it is a maturing person who, when nobody else knows and the Lord deals with them and they choose to do it, there is, you don't see all the workings first, but it'll play out in them later. Truths that were hidden, in other words, it's like uncovering divine life and divine treasures that others can stare right at and not see them. But the minute they start responding to the dealings of the Lord, and I'm talking about saved people, there is more to be had. They'll start becoming more perceptive about evil and right and wrong. All their spiritual perceptions start, if the I don't know, maybe this isn't the best word, blossom. They come forth. The vitality of the eternal life that brought you in now starts having its way through you. Are you with me? Romans 8. And I think this is appropriate to read. Romans 8, uh, 38 and 39. Because, you know, well, what if you've made a mistake and haven't done this? You're not done. You're just not maturing. And I'm not talking about one mistake. I'm talking about things that we know. Romans 8, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come. Things present, things past. You know what is present? Maybe a a failure. You may fail in the future. What if you failed in the past and didn't do this stuff? Because what you don't want to think is, well, now I've messed up and now God's against me. No, let's read on. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. He basically names everything. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he's basically saying there, even past failures, past attacks, present ones, they're not going to separate you from God loving you. He's just going to love you. But here's the thing. Do you want him to love you while you're maturing? Or love you when you're not maturing? He'll love you if you're going backwards. The problem is is it just becomes miserable to have things closed out that you were made to see, made to know, made and created to walk in. Now, I'm not saying people do this, but these are real things. And if he had to write to this church to talk to him about it, then this is part of the glorious church that's going to make herself ready. There are going to be those people who are going to respond to the Lord's dealing. And when they do, and it's a sacrifice, all of a sudden their spiritual perception is going to open up. Meet in the word of God that was not seen, they're going to see. In other words, they're going to get revelation and truth makes people free. They'll walk in more freedom. They'll know spiritual things and learn to walk in spiritual things beyond others. Not because God loves them more, because God loves us all. And you ain't changing that. Your failures or your successes. When you start succeeding, God's not going to go, I love them so much more. Now, he might be pleased that it's happening and grateful that it's happening for you, but he's going to love the person who's going backwards or forward. The problem is there can be misery in the one that is, but need I say it, no. 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 Because we all probably have been there at some time in some way. What does this do for us? It allows that divine life that's in you to start springing forth. The people who disobey, you can see it on them. They lose that shine in that life because the Word closes up and all the things of the Spirit close out. They may still have a will to serve God and they keep doing it, but they would serve themselves well to follow His dealings. I don't know about you, But I believe we've got people who want to be part of this body that is going to show the world something. And we don't have to wait on the Lord. We're waiting on the Lord to do something. Nope. Nope. You know, I never said when I was three years old, I'm waiting on my parents for me to mature. Nobody said that. Amen. And it's the same thing with the Lord. He'll keep dealing with us and helping us so that we all might mature.